WFJA 105.5, Sanford Pinehurst, Southern Pines. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. Good morning. Welcome to From the Cheap Seats. Krista Lambert here on a wonderful Monday morning. An amazing weekend of sports. Mine got kicked off on Friday night. And as any regular listeners know, I do high school football play-by-play for television. And normally on Fridays, it's a, you know, a little ho-hum. We go out and have a good time, hang out and do some football. This weekend, this past weekend... I had the honor of being on site in Cameron, North Carolina, for the Union Pines game as they hosted the Southern League Cavaliers. And to give context, the this game is a matchup of teams that sat at or near the top of the Tri County Six Conference. Lee County undefe- or Southernly rather undefeated in conference play. Union Pines one loss to conference leaders. Lee County. So there's a log jam at the top of that conference and everything for this season was riding on this ball game. And we suffered through what was a pretty uh, I almost want to use the word boring, but it was a very slow-paced, methodical ball game through 3 quarters and then with about 8 minutes left with the score 6-3 Union Pines at home, nursing this three-point lead, this happened. First and goal from inside the one. Board just going to keep it, plows forward, touchdown Vikings. It is 12-3 with 8-10 to go in the ballgame. Southern Lee is in a very dangerous spot. Southern Lee coming out in a shotgun doubles formation. Looking, got to Noah Lockley wide open. A busted coverage. Wow. Wow. Noah Lockley is a ball player who is perfectly capable of blowing a ball game open right up the field. Had to sit down, make a sandwich, and wait on that ball to get to him. (laughs) And runs it on into the end zone. So one play suddenly just like that right back in this thing. 12-9 12-9 is the score, 755. That took all the 15 seconds from the time Union Pines lined up to kick that ball off. All right. Pisano on to add the extra point. Kick is up. Kick is good. 12-10 is the score, 755 to go in the ball game. All right. Board fakes, throws. Got Whoa. a man. Bounces off of a tackle, and he's going to the house. And he is gone. Is that Archie Chandler? Six, Union Pines stretches that lead out to 18-10. You got to wrap up. Got to wrap. You're right. You got to wrap up. As good as we talked about the tackling from Union Pines. Bad tackling in the secondary, and Archie Chandler ran away from the defense. That is a big touchdown for UP. Oh, sorry. Oh, it's blocked. And in high school, you cannot return the kick. So Coach Cox was worried about the ability to protect in the kicking game. Southern really got after that and keeps this a one-score game. 6-14 to go. Oof. All right, Without a doubt. 10 coming up. Both teams still have all three of their timeouts. 
Watch. Trips to the wide side of the field. All right. Gets it out to Fox. Fox trying to make something happen. Spins out of a tackle. Whoa. He's down the left he sideline. He is gone. Cavaliers he is gone. Score. Touchdown, Touchdown. Cavaliers. Woo. EJ Fox all by himself. What a play by number four, EJ Caught Fox that there. thing five yards short of the first down and looked like there was no chance of picking it up. Spins out of a tackle. Hits the sideline, puts it into fifth gear, and has the Cavaliers within two, five and a half minutes to go in the ball game. Wow. Both of these teams have come out All punching right, hard. conversion attempt here to tie this thing. McAllister takes rolls. He's got Looking, a man. And going to be tackled. Oh, he Great had to get rid of that ball. On the edge. That's got to be holding Grainer. I don't even need to see the number. It is. It is. It is. Saves the day temporarily for the Vikings and keeps the two-point lead intact. 18-16 Vikings, 5-39. And Lonnie Cox, I agree now. He's got my all-conference vote. Fourth and 12 here, 117 to go. Fakes, throws, there it is, incomplete. That's exactly what I would have run. All right, so Southern Lee's going to get it back. 113 to go, going the other way. So they're going to wind this clock now. The Cavaliers need to be prepared to snap this ball. 46 seconds to go. And the clock is wound. McAllister looking, scrambles. Got to make a play. And hurls it down the field. Got Elijah Fox. Elijah oh, Fox catches it at the twin oh, He's going. Elijah he's Fox. going. Touchdown. Uh, DeAndre McAllister. I see no flag. Oh, we got a flag. We got a flag on the far side on the six-yard line. What is the call? We have no football. Oh, oh my oh. goodness. We alive. Oh, wow. Is this a post? Possession foul. It is. The touchdown's going to stand Elijah oh Fox. Oh, my goodness. What Found a play. Way behind what the Union Park secondary. What DeAndre a play McAllister by the young man. was just Getting trying to get rid down of it. on. Wow. Unbelievable. Daniel Pisano on to stretch the lead. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. I, I love high school football. <laughs> Snap is down. Kick is up. Kick is good. Oh, my goodness. Southern Lee, 23, Union Pines, 18, 33 seconds to go. And playmakers make play. Elijah Fox, we've talked about him all night, has stepped up and had the game of his career. Oh, my goodness. And that's a play you'll never forget. Pisano to kick this off, 33 seconds to go. What else can happen? Second and 10, 21 seconds to go. No timeouts for Union Pines either now. So you've got to figure out how you're going to stop this clock after a completion. We saw Southern able to get out of bounds on a couple of successive plays. Board drops, rush in his face. There's that your screen. tunnel. There's the screen. Plenty of space for Bobus. Bobus gets to the outside. They're chasing him down, but not until he's down to the 33-yard line. Clock stopped. 11 seconds to go. Union Pines still has life. Still alive. We haven't seen tunnel all, all night. Day. Perfect play call for Coach Cox and his offense here. They're going to mark him out at the 36-yard line, 11 and a half seconds to go. Plenty of time to run two or three plays here if you get to the sideline. Keep in mind, Union Pines has no timeouts. They'll get a stoppage with a first down, but it's quick. Here comes the rush. Board down the sideline. Has a man. Oh, my goodness. Touchdown. 
Touchdown, Vikings! Touchdown, oh, my prize. goodness! With three seconds to go wow. on the clock! Wow! Union Pie pulls a rabbit out of their hat! And the Vikings score down the sideline on a 36-yard hookup! Rory Board, you're a magician! When we thought this ball game was that, Union Pines, Coach Cox and his crew comes out, throws a haymaker to the Cavaliers. Union Pines, 24. Southern Lee, 23. What? What a ball game. What a ball game here at Will Hoyt Stadium. Nate, that is absolutely one for the ages. I can't remember a ball game. That had us jumping up and down. Everything. On this swings. Scores going back and forth. This one was in dispute right up to the very end. Amazing. And a huge program win for Union Pines. That's right. Coach Lonnie Cox putting his stamp on this program. This is one that changes the culture. Union Pines throws a touchdown pass down the left sideline to win the thing. The the swings in emotion are unlike anything you're going to see regularly at any sporting event. So no matter what your sports weekend had going on, it was secondary, I promise, to what we got to witness on Friday night. Southern Lee scored with 33 seconds to go, kicked the ball off. Union Pines was able to come back down and answer and hangs on to win 24-23 in a game that we knew coming in was probably going to be the biggest game of the season for both teams and you're talking about two evenly matched squads and ordinarily when you have two teams that you think are equally matched in a game that means a whole lot things go awry and you end up with a one-sided affair and you're trying frankly to talk your way through blowout material and you you know you're bringing in other things this game right down to the wire an amazing crowd on hand at Union Pines. It was the only the only problem with the game was that somebody had to lose it. And uh, trading haymakers, Union Pines got in the last haymaker and at this point sit in the catbird seat for second place in the Tri-County Six. And as we move forward through the next couple weeks, if everything is chalk and, and the teams hold serve that we expect to, um, the matchup at the end of the season in the final game between Lee County and Southern Lee holds ramifications not just for those two teams, but also now Union Pines. If they went out, if Southern were to pull off the upset against Lee County, that would create a three-way tie at the top of the, at the top of the Tri County Six. If Lee County gets past the Cavaliers in the Brick City Bowl, then that would leave Lee County undefeated. As your conference champs, Union Pines second and Lee, and Southern Lee third. Now the questions that'll that'll whirl around over the next couple of weeks that will sort themselves out. Union Pines probably locked in a playoff spot for themselves, and this is a team that doesn't ordinarily make the playoffs. But bigger than that, the record they'll be turning into the state is eight and two. That probably, as a two-seed in the Tri-County Six, means a home playoff game for Union Pines. Union Pines, in the entire history of that program, all of the years they've been playing football at Union Pines, has never hosted a home playoff game. And uh, looks like they're on track to do that. Southern Lee probably did not blow up their playoff hopes 
um, that's going to have to play out, and and we'll see where that goes from here. But uh, Union Pines with the enormous victory, and we'll see if we can get the very tail end of that back up. Now, big weekend in the NFL, and you know there there are some things that I think I know about the NFL, um, but I'm just not sure about these Green Bay Packers. The Packers in the Sunday night game get past the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs are playing with a bit of a handicap without Pat Mahomes, but the Packers get by 31-24, and I I don't know that America's buying the Packers yet, and that's the, the weird part. You know, Green Bay, for whatever reason, Aaron Rodgers has become a guy that everybody loves to hate. And I don't know when he put this villain cape on, but for whatever reason, the NFL world has just sort of turned on Aaron Rodgers, and it's it's been bizarre to watch. And I don't know if it's the State Farm commercials. I don't know if it's the you know the the sort of endless stream of celebrity girlfriends. I don't know what's going on with it. I don't know if he's just a bad guy. But Green Bay now moves to seven and one, and I think we have to admit at this point that there really just isn't the drama we thought there was going to be with the head coaching change. Um, you know, maybe it's sad for everybody out there, but it looks like the lafleur Rogers dynamic is actually going to work. And I, my, I guess my question associated with that is, does anybody, are there people invested in Green Bay outside of loyal Packer fans? Do, do the does the NFL need the Packers to be a strong team and a force in the NFC? Um, Aaron Rodgers and his star power has seemed to transcend, you know, how whatever performance Green Bay was rolling out there on the field. But at this point, seven and one, the Green Bay's are the Green Bay Packers are a serious player in the NFC. Down in New Orleans, Drew Brees comes back after five weeks out. Ho hum hangs three hundred plus and three touchdowns, and New Orleans moves to seven and one. So, both of those teams that was foreseeable would be at or near the top of the NFC. The party crasher here is the San Francisco 49ers. And a month ago, Kyle Shanahan's guys out there in San Francisco sold me. And this is a team Kyle Shan- Kyle Shanahan has this reputation as a whiz bang. Uh, offensive genius. I, for my money, he's the best play caller out there right now. I would put him up over top of Andy Reid. When you look at the talent that Andy Reid's got in Kansas City and the things he's doing, and Sean McVay's got with the Rams and what he's doing, Kyle Shanahan, when you look up and down that roster, it's not a bunch of world beaters. They still don't have a legit number one receiver out there. They've got a bunch of cast-off running backs that were afterthoughts. But Shanahan manages to do things with each of those players in each of those personnel groups that they do well. And he plays to their strengths. And the imagination that you see in the run game in particular, but in the offense as a whole for the 49ers, is top shelf right now in the entire league. Now, what people didn't anticipate with the 49ers is this defense. All of the magic that happens over on the offensive side of the ball is great. What's going on with that defensive front, that defensive line, 
is unbelievable right now. And Nick Bosa, you know, I guess we thought we were going to get something akin to what Joey was doing when Joey came out of Ohio State a couple of years ago. And Joey Bosa's been a nice ball player. Nick Bosa is the new J.J. Watt. And yesterday, three sacks, an interception, and another couple tackles for loss. He just took this game over against the Carolina Panthers. Now, as we move through the rest of the show, I really want to do a deep dive into the Carolina Panthers. And, you know, was this just a matter of the 49ers really putting their foot down and showing us what they are? Or is Carolina in trouble? We'll examine that on the other side of the break. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. Well, not all realtors are the same. I'm Crystal Copas, and I don't just stick a sign in the yard, throw it in the MLS, and hope to collect a commission. I provide a customized marketing plan that includes professional staging, photography, videography, and drone at no cost to you. Contact me, Crystal Copas, with REMAX Real Estate Service, and let's get your house sold. 919-356-5402 or visit me at crystalcopas.com. Have you mixed your pain meds, your sleep meds, your allergy meds? Call the Poison Helpline. Has your child eaten a tube of toothpaste, a chip of paint, a wild mushroom? Call the Poison Helpline. Have you been bitten by a spider, a snake, an insect? Call the Poison Helpline. Poisonings can happen at the home, on the job, or in the great outdoors. Call the Poison Helpline first for fast, free advice from medical professionals. Call 1-800-222-1222 anytime, anywhere. 1-800-222-1222. Save the number, save a life. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Did you know there is a place right here in downtown Sanford that utilizes fresh, organic, and sustainable foods from our area's vast farming community? It's Cooper's Restaurant and Wine Room, located at 133 South Steel Street in historic downtown Sanford. I'm Executive Chef Brian Moser. Come join us Tuesday through Saturday from 5 to 10 to experience an ever-evolving, locally-sourced menu featuring the area's best farmers paired with the locally brewed beers and some of the world's best wine. Make your reservations now on the Open Table app and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Did you know there is a place right here in downtown Sanford that utilizes fresh at the American Red Cross? Ron Garrity's on the same train. He's had a rough day and doesn't feel like himself. Until he feels the sudden tightness in his chest, Ron never thought he'd actually have a heart attack. Until Joel is administering CPR, he never thought he'd actually save a life. When you train with the Red Cross, you change a life. Starting with your own. Call 1-800-RED-CROSS or visit redcross.org to learn about life-changing opportunities in your area. Tweens have mastered the art of tuning out. Jen, there's a spider in the car. We're turning your room into a home gym. See? Nothing. But some messages need to get through. Like making sure they're buckled up the whole ride, every time. Do whatever it takes to make your child listen. Jen, I friended your boyfriend. Wait, what? Buckle up, sweetie. Never give up until they buckle up. Learn more at safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
Welcome back from the Cheap Seats. Crystal Lambert, Brandon Atkins, hanging out here in Sanford, North Carolina. Gave you the recap of the Union Pines Southern League game. Not often that we lead with a high school game, but that one was worthy of top billing, right? That should be on the marquee out in front of the station this morning. On the phone with me, the guy that came out on the good side of that epic ball game, Coach Lonnie Cox, head coach of the Union Pines Vikings. Coach, have you gotten any sleep since Friday? Chris, I, I don't think my feet have uh, have touched the ground yet. It's it's been an awesome weekend, and and uh, you know it's a win that we're really proud of. But one of the hardest parts of my job is 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 going to be getting our young men refocused because at the end of the day, the job isn't finished yet, and uh, Coach Penny and and Triton Hawks are going to try to find a way to force a three-way tie for second this week. Man, you know what? Football coaches have horrible lives. You're supposed to be like, yes, I'm. Just, we're still celebrating. There's, you know, alcohol-free champagne flowing in the hallways of Union Pines this morning. It's euphoric, and you're like, hey, we got next game. Got to, got to look forward to Triton. That's horrible, man. How come you don't get to step back and and relish this whole thing? Well, I mean, I'll be honest with you. you know, my, the, the way I think is I'm always thinking about the next play or the next situation. And even even after Archie Archie made that, you know, in, in ten years of coaching, it's one of the best catches, you know, I've ever I've ever witnessed to to put us ahead. I was screaming at my special teams coordinator on the sideline. I'm like, coach, coach, make make sure make sure we kick an onside kick, and, and coach, make sure we don't kick it to one of their best athletes because you know we just go up 24-23. But ultimately, the next situation is, you know, we got to kick that ball off, and we want to make sure that it doesn't end up in Snow Lockley's or, or EJ Fox hands. Because oh my goodness, you know, anytime they touch the ball, they they could make something happen. So to back this up, with 33 seconds left in a game, you guys had led the entire way. Southern Lee goes up on a long touchdown pass. 33 seconds to go, and the air came out of the entire facility. I mean, the oxygen was sucked out of the room. The crowd went from stomping and being literally as loud as any high school crowd you're ever going to hear to dead silence just that quickly as suddenly struck goes up with 33 seconds to go. How, how long did it take you to get your wits about you? Because I'm sure you wanted to throw things and hit something how long did it take you to get your wits about you and, and recognize, hey, we still got 30 seconds left? You know, Chris, to be honest with you, you know, I never flinched. My, my coaches never flinched. And most importantly, our kids never flinched. And, you know, I'm going to say this. We've been in these situations all year long. Uh, we got down uh, to Montgomery Central opening game of the year uh, with, with less than a minute left. And, we threw a couple of tunnel screens down the field. Jacob Bogus goes in and scores with about 30 seconds left, and 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 we have we have to hold Montgomery Central. So, you know, we we've been in these situations all year. Uh, we got down to Hart Central uh, week one of, of conference play. Uh, Mick Teixeira has some late heroics and, and runs a fumble in for a touchdown. I, I, I'm so proud of of how much our our young men have been able to overcome adversity the whole year, and you know. Friday night was nothing new to him. You know, it, it, I got it, I got something for Coach. 
Yeah, go ahead. So, Coach, Chris calls me on the way home from the game, and he sounds like a little kid that had just ridden like a this the best, fastest roller coaster he's ever ridden. And he made the comment, you know, he likes to talk about how he's lived here and there, and he's lived, he spent some time in Texas where high school football is king. And he says that's the your atmosphere was the best atmosphere that he's witnessed or experienced since he's been in North Carolina. So I think that's saying a lot coming from him. And it, I don't know if you remember last time you were on the show, he had mentioned that he had he uh, had the ability to, to vote. He has a ballot to vote for players for player of the year. I'm wondering what his vote for coach of the year could be potentially <laughs> coming up. I'm going to put him on the spot right now. Man, it would be tough not to give it to this guy right here. Union Pines, you know you've sort of outkicked your coverage at this point. Um, coming into the season, I don't know what your own personal expectations were. However, at this point, I, it would be hard to imagine you guys having a more successful season up to this point than you have right now. Um, I, I want to ask you a question, though. Those young men that were on the field last uh, on Friday night, do you think it's occurred to them yet? Do you think that they realize that for some of those, what they went through on Friday night is the absolute brightest memory they're going to have athletically in their entire lives? That's how meaningful Friday night was. Do you think that sunk in for some of those guys, or are they just sort of living in the moment? Wow. You know, Chris, it's funny how you say that. You know, Rory Board, my quarterback, um, came in the office after the game, and, and I, you know, I think he's a big Minnesota Vikings fan, and he, he was talking about the Minnesota Vikings miracle. And honestly, I got to get on YouTube this morning and, and figure out what he's talking about. You know, I'm a young guy too, and you know, there's been a lot of NFL history. But Rory said to me, he said, for me to have a part in coming back in a game like that against them, this has got to be one of the greatest days of my life. Wow. That's, I mean, how do you, how do you outdo that, man? What, I mean, how do you follow that? That's, <laughs> that's as deep as it gets, and it's good to hear that the leaders of your team, you know, understand that. Now, you guys, as a program, you do understand that this really solidified yourself. You come in now You've crept up to 56 in the state. If you guys handle business, you're going to the playoffs. If you guys win out, I am 100% certain you guys are going to host a, a playoff game down there at Union Pines. Your players know that. How do they deal with that pressure? Well, I, honestly, Chris, you know, Coach Purvis and I had a good conversation this morning, and you know, I you know I, I'm I'm still as excited as I ever as I ever was Friday night. But like I said, you know what what we've been preaching all morning is is that the job isn't done yet. We yes, we just want a big game. Yes, everybody's talking about how we're favored to win the next two. But you know, Triton's going to present a lot of problems, uh, Chris. And you know, Coach Penny and his staff they do a really good job there. And they run the wing tee really well. And, you know, that's an offense that we haven't seen the whole year. And and so, really, our, our, our focus is, is, you know, are we going to play assignment football? Are we going to sit back at home when wing goes away, bootleg counter reverse? 
you know, when we see when we see Jed, are we going to make sure we have contained? Like we're we're not going to talk so much about what could happen or what may happen. Honestly, our biggest focus has to be how do we stop Triton and how do we take advantage of how they line up defensively. And and I really mean that. I mean, I, I've I've been a part of these situations before. You know, you come off a big win and, and you let somebody sneak up on you. And you know, we we've had too good of a season and and we've we've done a lot of unexpected things but at the end of the day we have two games left and we got to make sure that we're focusing on those two games all right very good any last thoughts about this epicness you got to be a part of on friday night it's it's, it's one of the greatest high school football games you know i've I've ever had the pleasure of being a part of and um i mean man i I think I, i sent you this you know for for deandre McAllister, a junior at southern lady quarterback for him to step in the way that he has over there to to make the throws that he has and, and to, you know, keep them rolling, I, I think that's incredible. And, and that kid's first class, too, Chris. He uh, he came to me Friday night after the game and, and said, Coach, it, it was an honor to be a part of this. Good luck to you. And those things like that mean more than the win when when kids, kids have first class like that. I, I thought that was awesome. Well, I'm honored to have been a, a very small part of it. Again, my only, you know, complaint is in a situation like that, somebody had to lose the game. Um, I hope it's not 10 years until you're in a game that lives up to this one. But, man, it's going to be tough to outdo this one. This was a heck of a ball game. Anybody that was there, um, it was amazing. If you missed it, shame on you. All right, good luck to you with Triton this weekend. And uh, we'll be keeping a close eye. Um, Coach, as always, we appreciate you. Uh, We'll talk soon. Appreciate you guys, Chris. All right. Coach Lonnie Cox of the Union Pines Vikings. If I'm not mistaken, Roy, that's three weeks in a row with Lonnie. (laughs) That was never the intention. It just keeps happening. And uh, we appreciate him every time. What a a ball game. I, I I wish I had better words to relay the emotion that was going on on Friday night out there. And Brandon said, you know, he kind of put me out there. It was as good an an environment as you're going to find at a high school football game in the state of North Carolina. It was really bananas. A credit to the folks out there in Cameron. um, Just a great game. I I don't don't know what else to say. All right, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we'll get back into some NFL. I want to talk about these Panthers and whether or not it's time to end the Kyle Allen experiment. When young men turn 18, they think they know a lot about the facts of life. But there are a few more facts they need to know. Fact, you have to register with Selective Service when you turn 18. It's the law. Fact, registration keeps you eligible for government jobs and student loans. Fact, it's easy to register. Just visit sss.gov or any post office. Register with Selective Service when you turn 18. It's the law. And that's a fact. 
Did you know there is a place right here in downtown Sanford that utilizes fresh, organic, and sustainable foods from our area's vast farming community? It's Cooper's Restaurant and Wine Room, located at 133 South Steel Street in historic downtown Sanford. I'm Executive Chef Brian Moser. Come join us Tuesday through Saturday from 5 to 10 to experience an ever-evolving, locally-sourced menu featuring the area's best farmers, paired with the locally brewed beers and some of the world's best wine. Make your reservations now on the Open Table app and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We all come together and stand together to serve our veterans. We invest in the latest technology. We take the time to train the next generation of doctors and nurses. We work together to make sure we heal their bodies and their minds. This is our mission. More than 300,000 of us working as one, together with families and loved ones. No matter where they live in this country, we'll be there. We stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans. Are you ready to sell your home and don't know which realtor to choose? Well, not all realtors are the same. I'm Crystal Copas, and I don't just stick a sign in the yard, throw it in the MLS, and hope to collect a commission. I provide a customized marketing plan that includes professional staging, photography, videography, and drone at no cost to you. Contact me, Crystal Copas, with REMAX Real Estate Service, and let's get your house sold. 919-356-5402 or visit me at crystalcopas.com. We are there, day one, with baby names and a gift that lasts a lifetime. We are there, as you grow, protecting you and those you love. And we are there, as you start your next chapter. We are with you through life's journey. We are Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Get to know us at socialsecurity.gov. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You've messed up your daughter's haircut. Do you, A, get spiritual? Mom, where's the mirror? Beauty is within. Oh. B, find the positives. Less time blow drying, more time texting. Or C, show empathy. Mom, you really don't have twinsies. I kind of love it. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Swimming pools can be lots of fun, but they can be dangerous too, especially for young children. Always practice simple safety steps to prevent tragedies. Fence all pools. Teach kids to swim. And always watch them around water. No horseplay. Simple steps save lives. To learn new life-saving steps, visit PoolSafely.gov. A public service message from the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. Welcome back from the cheap seats. Roy Costin pulling tricks out of his hat. Oh, I, I got love a little it. something special I love it. for that you. Was, that was pretty dope. And uh, that's makeup for uh, Rick Astley a couple of weeks ago. You're not going to let him go on that, are you? Oh, man. No, never. Ever, ever, ever. Um, so here's here's the situation, Brandon. You you missed the opening. You were, you were scrambling around 
choking to death on soda. <laughs> I was scared for you, man. I was wondering if I could continue to host and do the Heimlich at the same time, but you pulled through, so I'm proud of you. I've seen at least two outlets this morning that include embarrassing in their tagline for the, for Panthers. the Panthers' performance yeah. against San Francisco, and I have a, I have a, a question I want to float out there, but I want to I want to roll right into it. Is it time to bring Cam back? Was this one performance, you know, was it indicative of what we're going to see with Kyle Allen moving forward? I think is the sort of hypothetical question that's out there. And it's real easy nationally for these analysts to say, well, see, you know, Kyle Allen can't get it done. I think uh, I think the Panthers are about to make the biggest mistake they could this year, and they're going to roll Cam. I, this is what I was afraid of, and in fact – all that you say outlets, I, I call them talking heads. They were talking about it. This is the perfect time to bring Cam back. Why? You know what I mean? I, There's a I'm lot down. of teams. Now, that was a blowout, so that was particularly bad. So I can see why some would people that aren't familiar with the Panthers program. You know, if you're out in, on the West Coast talking about this, oh, well, this is a great time to bring Cam Newton back. No, it's not. Let me just go ahead and tell you. It is a horrible idea, number one. You're not even sure if he's right yet. How can he get right when he, that injury was as bad as it was over a handful of, like, five games, six games? I'm not sure how many, but why, dude? A lot of teams are going to get done like this by, by the 49ers. Well, here's here's the situation. First of all, nobody's going to come out and play 16 excellent games in a season. You know, this was the sixth start of Kyle Allen's career. Now, does Kyle Allen have a limitless amount of arm talent? Nope. But what we've seen is a kid that's heady, that can make enough plays to win in the NFL. The other thing, though, that we've seen from Carolina during this stretch this year of four straight wins with Kyle Allen is a defense that was one of the best three or four in the NFL. I've never seen Luke Keekley play as badly as he did this week. Right. Period. So if you want to hang it on one guy, start right there. And it wasn't certainly for lack of effort. He just kept overrunning plays. San Francisco in the run game, I said earlier, I've said it a million times, Kyle Shanahan is as good a play caller as there is. He used the aggressiveness of the Carolina Panthers linebackers against them and ran right past them in, with the counter over and over and over again. The defense didn't show up. Right. You know, you give up 51, that's not on your essentially rookie quarterback. Now, you're not going to come out, you're not going to play 16 get good games across the board, not individually, not as a team. The second factor here that people are leaving out of this equation, no matter who you are, it's very tough to win on the road in the NFL. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you're traveling to Miami or Cincinnati or wherever you're going. Washington, the Jets, winning on the road is tough. The recipe for success in the league is to win out at home, get you seven or eight wins at home, and go 500 on the road because that's the best you can hope for unless you have a magical season. And so, then you're completely leaving out of this equation if you're hanging this on Kyle Allen. The 49ers haven't lost to anybody. Yeah, They're I mean, really, really, really good. I mean, I know it was against Washington, and it was in a, a river through the stadium, but I think they're the only team that's uh, blanked a team this year. I don't, I'm, I'm not mistaken. I, I mean, they held Washington uh, NFL pro team to zero points. That's extremely hard. I don't care what the, the conditions are. 
So they're going to put it on a lot of teams this year. But here, you know, here you, this is the mistake you're going to make. You're going to insert Cam Newton. I'm just saying that for people who want Cam Newton back, you're going to put him in after the 49ers thump the Panthers. And then you put him in against Tennessee Titans. Guess what's going to happen? They're probably going to beat the Tennessee Titans. And then everybody who's like a Cam fan who thinks he can still play, which I do not agree with them, they're going to say, oh, well, Cam's back. Panthers are winning again. All, all is good. You know who doesn't think all is good is Moore and Samuels. Both of those kids are going <laughs> no way. These, there are routes that he simply can't get the ball to us on. You know, you should might as well take them out of the playbook. And that's why I have no problem. Cam exceeded all expectations after he was drafted. I did not want to draft him. He's exceeded all of those. But, you know, his body has taken so much damage that he still doesn't have, he doesn't have the arm strength to get it down the field. And what does that do? It lets the defense cut what they have to cover about in half because he simply can't get the ball there. Kyle Allen at least can get the ball there. So there's a threat. So the offense is a lot better as a result of that. All right. So the, the other piece of this, too, is that the problem in the passing game for Carolina wasn't necessarily mistakes Kyle Allen made, although you're going to see the interception by Nick Bosa a thousand times in highlight reels. That was a cool interception. It was a cool interception. And, you know, plays like that happen. But Allen was under duress all day. Well, here's the problem. Had Cam Newton been in the ballgame, he'd have been under duress as well. And, you know, Cam Newton has showed us a lot of things over the years. But he's not a heady guy that's going to perform well when people are in his face at the snap immediately every time. And Cam is not the athlete that he once was. The idea that Cam somehow would have saved the day, you you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe he uh, comes out there and they they don't get beat by 38. But does it really matter? You know, I mean, you it's an L. Yeah, I don't think that there's any panic coming from the Panthers. I do think they're going to move on from Cam. The other thing is that during this game as it unfolded, they their sideline reporter on the scene said some things throughout and was like, well, Cam is looking at film with Kyle Allen and he's trying to rally the team. No, he wasn't. I paid special attention to exactly what Cam was doing on the sideline the entire time this thing went down, and it was nothing. He was probably watching a movie or something. I don't know what he was doing. Well, uh, there was one particular time as Kyle Allen came off after a turnover where Cam Newton went out of his way to not make eye contact with Kyle Allen as Kyle Allen walked off the field. Mm -hmm. This guy's not over there trying to rally the troops. He's, you know, he's doing his Cam thing. Well, here's here's what you want to look at. If you're trying to make a decision between Kyle Allen and Cam Newton, it makes, this is it. They've only won this year under Kyle Allen. Allen, correct? They've only won in the last year and a half with so, Kyle Allen. Yeah, and Cam Newton's lost his last eight games. So that's one thing. And here's where you got to be careful. Like, So if you decide to try to rush Cam in, which I feel like bringing him in right now would be rushing him. Give him more time if you have to see him. But they're four and three right now. Those four wins came from Cal Island, Cal Island and Seattle's at six and two. The Rams are at five and three. You got Minnesota at six and two, they're all two and third, three, third place in their own division. You better make the right decision here because at four and three, you're going to be hard pressed to get into a wild card spot. 
Plus, the other thing is they bo- they play both the Falcons and New Orleans. They haven't seen them at all this year. With the remaining games left, they could even conceivably come back and win their division um, if New Orleans slows down for some reason. But you have to make the right decision now, or the se- the season. Do you are you feeling me on this? Like you got to make a decision now, right? Yeah, it's no the time right to decision. panic. I mean, if you, if you go back and you look at what's happened, uh, you know the Buccaneers' loss in the second week of the season on Thursday night looms large. Yeah. That's a game you'd like to have back. Kyle Allen wins that game, right? Well, maybe. But the the problem with it is, is it was a Thursday night game. Nobody, the Thursday night results don't mean anything. They're gimmick games. Um, you're, you're off schedule from what's normally going on. Um, you know, you always like the home team in that game. And I don't know if Kyle Allen wins that game or not. It was a horrible. If you want to talk about something that was embarrassing, losing at home on a Thursday night to Jameis Winston and the Buccaneers is embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Going on the road and getting beaten by an undefeated 49er team in week eight, there's no embarrassment there. You know, okay, nobody wants to lose by 38 points, and stats are getting rolled out. Well, it's the third worst loss in Carolina history. So what? It's an L. And it's an L when you're looking at the schedule in context right now in this season. Had Carolina won that, all of a sudden they're one of they're they're one of the top teams, one of the top two or three teams in all of football. Right. You know, they didn't get it done. Okay, great. You know, you're ignoring the fact that you know Kyle Allen in the wind missed an open Curtis Samuels for a touchdown. You're ignoring the fact that while that game was still very much in doubt. Christian McCaffrey has a 45-yard run called back on a on a phantom holding call. I mean, it's not the end of the world. I don't think Ron Rivera and that organization are going to panic. I expect, with everything I know about the Carolina Panthers, for Kyle Allen to be under center next week, and I think things are going to be fine. They get the Titans. They can right the ship before they go into this stretch that includes the Packers and the Saints and the Seahawks over the next six or seven weeks, uh, Carolina's fate is still in their own hands. You said they haven't gotten the Falcons yet. You'd like to think both of those are Ws. You'd like to. They'd also have the Saints. Now, be really nice to split against the Saints. If they could manage to win both games, they're in the catbird seat. We'll see how that all shakes out. Um, Roy, where are we at? We're you, were ta- you were talking about... Um the phantom holding call. I saw a stat talking about calls. They're going to have to do something different next year in terms of these pass interference situations because I saw a stat where there has been roughly 50 challenges yeah. and only seven have been overturned. I'm surprised that it's seven. Um, this, this, I, I fully expect this challenge of pass interferences to go away next year. This has been, a, this has been awful. It kind of exposes... The fact that there is literally pass interference on every play. Yes. It's just what mood the referee is in at that moment. Um, the the degree of how this receiver is being mauled well, at the, the time. The funny thing about it is, is that we were told coming into the season that if there was pass interference, the call was going to be made. Had it been, you know, no flag on the play. Well, you go to replay. If there's pass interference, they're going to call it. Well, they've they've managed that. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. It's only going to be if it, you know, had an impact on the play. Well, that's not how you call it normally. Normally, if there's contact on the defender, 
you're going to call it. And, I mean, we see it all the time when the contact is incidental, but we're not overturning incidental contact. But at the same time, if there was no call, we're not calling that after the replay. The whole thing is dumb. Right. It doesn't make any well, sense, and, and, and it, it shows, was, like you said, yeah. that it's completely arbitrary for the referees as to whether they feel like in the moment they saw pass interference or not. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing, too, is the viewer, you and I <clears throat> can sit in front of a TV or people out there, fans at the bar or whatever the case may be, and they can identify. We're not stupid, right? We know there's probably pass interference on every play. But us as fans, we've learned over the years to be able to identify what's legit pass interference. And I think it, the refs have kind of just laughed this off having to go through this process because there are such things as, well, did he gain an advantage? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what if he's already passed you and you, try, you slap at him from the back? That's pass interference, but he catches the ball. What are you going to do? I mean, that's a no call. We all know this. And, you know, there's a certain amount of hand fighting that goes on between a cornerback and a, a wide receiver that we've learned to be, you know, reasonable over the years. So yeah. why point out all the flaws in the game? Just like, let's just play the game. And well, and it slows the game down right. just that little bit more, man. It's it's um, not a good move by the NFL. It was a knee-jerk reaction to the play in the NFC Championship where the Saints didn't get the call, and they overreacted, put it to bed, Pretend it never happened, and let's move on. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. We'll be right back after this break with more. And at some point, I suppose we have to talk about the World Series. message from the American Migraine Foundation. It's an absolute nightmare. There's pain that does not stop. I feel trapped by migraine. Migraine is a disabling disease. I feel like I'm dying. You feel like the world's closing in on you. There's nothing you can do. It's like you're trapped in your head. There's no escaping it. You can't leave your body. Don't suffer alone. Make your move against migraine. Visit AmericanMigraineFoundation.org to find help, learn more, and get connected. Did you know there is a place right here in downtown Sanford that utilizes fresh, organic, and sustainable foods from our area's vast farming community? It's Cooper's Restaurant and Wine Room, located at 133 South Steel Street in historic downtown Sanford. I'm Executive Chef Brian Moser. Come join us Tuesday through Saturday from 5 to 10 to experience an ever-evolving, locally-sourced menu featuring the area's best farmers paired with the locally brewed beers and some of the world's best wine. Make your reservations now on the Open Table app and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. To buy your home, you became a house hunting ace. Learned about loans, scoured neighborhoods, and asked the right questions. Now you're queen of your castle. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. With 401k tips and smart saving strategies, you'll feel empowered to own your retirement like you own your home. Go to aceyourretirement.org. Because when it comes to clearing financial hurdles, you're an ace. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. 
your home and don't know which realtor to choose? Well, not all realtors are the same. I'm Crystal Copas, and I don't just stick a sign in the yard, throw it in the MLS, and hope to collect a commission. I provide a customized marketing plan that includes professional staging, photography, videography, and drone at no cost to you. Contact me, Crystal Copas, with Remax Real Estate Service, and let's get your house sold. 919-356-5402 or visit me at crystalcopas.com. Listen, as a hiring manager, I've got to tell you, the best job candidate isn't always the typical candidate. Sometimes they're a grad of life. Meet the grads of life, young adults of unique determination and experience, an ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Sometimes the best candidates aren't the ones you're used to. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Did you know there is a place right here in downtown Sanford that utilizes fresh, organic, and sustainable foods from our area's vast farming community? It's Cooper's Restaurant and Wine Room, located at 133 South Steel Street in historic downtown Sanford. I'm Executive Chef Brian Moser. Come join us Tuesday through Saturday from 5 to 10 to experience an ever-evolving, locally-sourced menu featuring the area's best farmers paired with the locally brewed beers and some of the world's best wine. Make your reservations now on the Open Table app and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Debt. If you get in too deep, members of the NFCC, the National Foundation for Credit Counseling, can help you put debt in its place. Credit cards took charge of my financial life. A certified credit counselor helped me get back in control. Student loan debt followed me wherever I went. NFCC taught me all I needed to know. Connect with an NFCC certified credit counselor at your local member agency today. We'll help you put debt in its place. Go to nfcc.org slash stop debt or call 877-410-6322. We are live outside the home of Joe and Rosie Goddard where a pretty big tickle fight broke out just minutes ago. Sources say their father instigated the laughter. Let's go inside for a comment. Apparently, they have no comment. Dads, let this be a reminder that it only takes a moment to make a moment. Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. WFJA 105.5, Sanford, Pinehurst, Southern Pines. Welcome back from the Chiefs. He's Crystal Lambert, Brandon Atkins, talking a little NFL football today. And I think we're of one mind that Kyle Allen, it's time to relax. Just let this thing play out. Uh, inserting Cam Newton back into the mix is probably not the right move at this point. However, the Panthers have about 36 hours left if they're going to trade Cam Newton. And I do think there are some teams around the league that might be interested. One that that I haven't heard floated out there that I think might be an interesting Can I guess it? player. Go ahead. Chicago Bears. No. Chicago is in on Mitch Trubisky. You have to be. I mean, you've sold your soul. They overdrafted Trubisky. Trubisky has shown flashes, much maligned, but 
you've got with what you've got invested resource-wise into Trubisky, I think Cam Newton to the Bears is lazy analysis, and I think it would be knee-jerk. Oh, the, thanks. No, 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 because <laughs> you – I'm going to go walk out into the highway. No, right now. because you and the Mark Schlaris and the Chris Carters of the world, Chicago is sort of the place that you know people are like, oh, yeah, yeah that makes perfect sense. I don't think Chicago is that good. To be perfectly honest, I think part of the problem Chicago's got is that they punted on Jordan Howard and thought that they had a backfield that Jordan wasn't H- going to miss him, and and I just think that was a bad idea. Jordan Howard looks like a totally different player this year. Yeah, I don't understand why they thought that was a great idea. And Tariq, Tariq Cohen, who last year, you know, North Carolina A&T's own Tariq Cohen, Cohen has disappeared, and you know, he's getting these, you know, one thirty yard play a game type situations. Uh, but this this procession of running backs, this rotation they're trying to run, they got next to nothing. I think they got a fourth rounder from Philly for Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard was a legit bell cow bell cow back. I don't understand what they did there. He looks I mean, he just looks different. I don't know if he came yeah. back lighter, if it's the the Philly green suits him better, but he just looks like a different back this year. <laughs> I, I don't know. But, um, yeah, Chicago I don't think is as good as anybody else seems to think they are. All right, well, that, who's your pick? That collection of wide receivers is just not very good. So you, you said Tampa Bay a couple of weeks ago. You got another one? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh. So nobody in the AFC North seems to want to run away and hide with this division. Uh, Pittsburgh, who started out atrociously, um, coming into the season, is still hanging out. Roethlisberger's gone for the year. Mason Rudolph doesn't look like he's the guy. The Steelers right now sit 2-4. and four. They're still within striking distance of the Ravens. Uh, you know, there are question marks with the Ravens. Is this offense going to be able to get it done against top-shelf talent? It's been hot and cold. Baltimore's intriguing, but I don't know that they're world beaters. I think the expectation from the outside looking in coming into this year is that by now the Cleveland Browns would have run away run away and hid in this division and Cleveland can't beat anybody. Well, it's their co- it's coaching, dude. It oh, comes you, down you're to- talking about the Browns? Yes. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, they're running plays that Baker Mayfield literally has not, not enough time to for them to develop. It, why, it's why not are even you a matter these- of develop. You no, can't- I'm, I'm telling you, they're running routes that simply don't make sense no. because they do not have time He's already getting – it's like one, two, then they have somebody in his face. And and you're, what you're watching down the field is these elaborate double moves and route combinations for Landry and Odell Beckham. You're right. You need to have you Dallas have Cowboys. You have to recognize – yeah, you, or you have to – you know, that ball's got to be out right now. And Mayfield is not predisposed to make quick reads. You, you've got to do something with that offense, and, and there's two ways to fix it. One is to – Fix the offensive line, which is a process that might take years. The other, change your game plan. That ball's got to come out. One, two, three, out. And they just don't seem inclined to do that. And with some of these if you young... Start, this, this is Sean McVay's fault. I, I understand that. You, you get you, that. And, and Freddie Kitchens has no tie to Sean McVay. But it's Sean McVay's fault. I'm telling you, if you took Baker Mayfield and put him on the Dallas Cowboys, you'd be talking about MVP talks right now with Baker Mayfield. Because he has got it as a quarterback. He's in completely the wrong system with an abysmal offensive line. If you put him on Dallas, people, especially because of the Dallas brand, people will be like, 
I'm not. I'm not saying he would be MVP. So don't look at no, me. No, no, no. I, I get what you're saying because I think that there are half a dozen quarterbacks that are sputtering in the NFL. And if you put them in Dallas, let's take a guy like Matt Stafford. You take Stafford, who had a running game for that long, and now it's gone because Kerryon Johnson's out and on IR. Right. But if you take a guy like Matt Stafford and give him the running game and the line that you've got in Dallas, Matt Stafford is your MVP. Period. Yeah. You know there are there are plenty of guys across the league. Stafford throws the prettiest ball in he, the absolutely one hundred percent absolutely. Um, but when you don't have the weapons around you, when you don't have the line, when you don't have the culture, you have a problem. And Freddie Kitchens, a first time head coach who had never even really been a coordinator, you. you <laughs> This was a recipe for disaster. I think everybody wanted to work, but Cleveland drank the Sean McVay Kool-Aid. You don't have to be a seasoned head coach to get it done in the NFL. You just need to have this, you know, the scheme. Well, Sean McVay is unique. The other piece of that is that when you look at the tools Sean McVay had at his disposal, Andrew Whitworth at left tackle, that, that's all you need to know. Andrew Whitworth at left tackle is better than the the left tackle with any of these other teams we're talking about. You build that line, you can do some creative things. And, oh, by the way, Todd Gurley was out there in L.A. when Sean McVay showed up. I blame the Cleveland Browns' struggles on Sean McVay. You know Freddie how, Kitchens was a ridiculous hire. You know how I feel and now about it's blown McVay, up. right? I, I do know how you feel about him, but the Rams, you know, they've but, fallen off the pedestal. We forget that this time last year we'd already anointed – the L.A. Rams Super Bowl champs. Now, they came up short in that big game, you know, and you can attribute it to Sean McVay's arrogance. You can attribute it to Todd Gurley's, you know, arthritis, whatever, but you're still talking about the second-best team in the league last year. Cleveland's not the second-best team in their division, and it's only going to get worse. And, you know, we've been talking about these clown coaches kind of in the, the new guy and weird hires. On the opposite end of that, I would say – Kingsbury has really surprised me because he, regardless of what their record is right now, he it's better than the Browns. Well, what he does is because I watch a lot of that. I have David Johnson on my fantasy team, so I watch a lot of them. <laughs> it always goes back to the fantasy. journalistic integrity. It's but best. but he puts his quarterback in a position to have a chance. If you've watched any of the Arizona Cardinals play, Murray gets. He gets in positions. That he if he like if Kingsbury had this offense that he was just going to jam down his quarterback's throat, you would see Murray turn the ball over a lot more. You'd see a lot a less exciting brand of offense. No, Kingsbury plays to his quarterback's strengths, which is mobility, getting the ball out fast. You know he'll he'll run out to you know I don't know what you call it. what's the terminology when they dash to the side and throw the ball, just break in the pocket. Um, he just puts himself and puts his quarterback in a position to at least have the offense function and be entertaining. Well, and Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, that road show got beat by the Saints this weekend in New Orleans. There's no shame to that. Ahead of that, they'd won three straight. And Arizona, you know, what looked like might be a ridiculous experiment in coaching hires may actually work out. The difference here, though, is that Cliff Kingsbury, even if you want to go back and trash his performance at Texas Tech, at least this guy had been a head coach. 
Freddie Kitchens, never been a head coach. Brian Flores down in Miami, never been a head coach. Zach Taylor in Cincinnati, never been a head coach. There's a reason you cut your teeth and do something at that level prior to taking the head job with an NFL squad. We'll take a quick break. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. Thanks for hanging out. WFJA 105.5, Sanford, Pinehurst, Southern Pines. My name is Lola Silvestri, and I'm going to be 95 this year. I was very independent. I fell, and I had to have meals on wheels. America, let's do lunch. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Did you know there is a place right here in downtown Sanford that utilizes fresh, organic, and sustainable foods from our area's vast farming community? It's Cooper's Restaurant and Wine Room, located at 133 South Steel Street in historic downtown Sanford. I'm Executive Chef Brian Moser. Come join us Tuesday through Saturday from 5 to 10 to experience an ever-evolving, locally-sourced menu featuring the area's best farmers paired with the locally brewed beers and some of the world's best wine. Make your reservations now on the Open Table app and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Hello, it's me, the designer jeans in the back of your closet. What happened to us? I used to summer in the Hamptons, and now I'm stuck behind a pair of sweats. Okay, maybe I never really fit you right, but I got a lot more Sunday fun days left in me. So take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Welcome back from the Cheap Seats. Crystal Lambert, Brandon Atkins. We're going to take a bit of an interlude here, Brandon. We're smack dab in the middle of football, and we got to roll back the throttle and bring back a blast from the past. It seems like a million years since I've heard from this guy. You know, Sanford has just, it's just not as cool without this dude. dude. We've lost the cool factor. So from uh, from underneath a waterfall in Chiba, Japan. Diamond Dave Kaplan. What's going on, Big Dad? Howdy. I'm good, I'm not sitting underneath a waterfall, although that sounds nice. I'm actually but you know what at it a feels like, though. desk at work. That's not fun. Uh, sitting at a desk at work? All right, know. let's paint Ugh. the correct picture. Where are you living now? Happy birthday, Brandon. Thank you. Way. I appreciate that. Another day older, wiser, hopefully. Um, so I pictured David. You know, he lives at the beach, right? Yes. I, he when he says he's at his desk, he's probably got this huge window and he's staring at the ocean right now, 
living the dream while, you know, we're stuck in these cubbies. And you know he's barefoot, That's right? right? Even at the office, he's barefoot right now with his pants rolled I, up. I will take a picture. I have pretty decent sock game going on today. Oh. So I'll take a picture and uh, text it to y'all. So I appreciate see, I have dress shoes on. Ugh. I'm sitting in a foggy Wilmington office. It's uh, absurdly foggy here today. Although, I will say, as I left the house this morning, it was quite nice at the beach. That is a, a fair statement. But uh, once I got a little inland, um, the fog has taken over. It reminds you know, me of, like, uh, St. Andrews or something. You know, I, I just think David just looks at us like all these inland people. Yeah, right? <laughs> these poor <laughs> inland yeah, people. As I drove inland. Yeah, every time I spoke to you for years, it was like, oh, I'm headed to the beach. Now, do you ever, like, get tired of the beach? Uh, yeah, I haven't really had a, enough time to spend on it to get tired of it yet. All uh, right. But, you know, when it's like 42 and mist and rain in the winter, um, it's a different kind of cold. So, uh, probably, but we'll see. I'll let you know. I'll I let should, you know. I know why you're calling in, but... You know, David sold his house, dude. And that was like when he knew it was real, that he was just yep. gone, gone. We were all in denial that until sh- we got word that the house was sold. I saw him walking. Well, technically, I still own it. There's oh, okay. been a little delay in regards to that, but uh, it's looking, so it is sold. So you're uh, saying there's just, a chance. <laughs> so we just haven't been able to close yet, but hopefully soon. All right. Now, I promise that neither of us will do anything to Shanghai your closing, <laughs> although I'm tempted. Okay. It's just Appreciate not the same that. without I don't, you. I don't think it has its mineral mineral rights for anybody listening out there. You might not want to close on that house. <laughs> I think there's a ton of minerals underneath. <laughs> That's for sure. Let's talk uh, some Tiger Woods, bro. Yeah, 82nd win up there with Sam Snead. Uh, I think it's another staple. Uh, to argue that he's the greatest player that's ever lived. You know, a lot of people like to put that honor on Jack because of the 18 majors versus 15 majors now. But when you when you tie, Sam Snead was just incredible. Played for basically four decades. Uh, won his final tournament. I, I believe it was in Greensboro. You can fact check that. But at age 52. So Tiger's only 43. Uh, guys like DJ Singh won over 20 times in his 40s. So if you know if Tiger can match that, I think it will all depend on him staying healthy. Um, and if, if Tiger can match that, then he might get to 100. That, that's the question you need to pose. Can Tiger get to 100 PGA champion? And, would that, PGA would, and, and if he did, would that ever be challenged again? What do you think? No, no. There's just... There's too many good players. I think it's very – I would say he probably cannot do it. I think 90 would be achievable. Uh, but uh, 100, I don't know. He just – I don't think he can – You know, he's coming off surgery again. He had another uh, arthroscopic surgery on his knee in August. It's kind of amazing. You know, I mean, dude, just, just throwing through a surgery, he'll win in a few months. Well, I mean, how many more body parts could he get, you know, cut on? I'm, You know, that, that may be a thing. Just recreationally go have – Surgery, so that you know, four months later, he can come back and win a, win a tournament. Yeah, yeah. So, if yeah. you were handicapping this, you you threw out two numbers. You threw out ninety, and you threw out a hundred. If you were handicapping this, where would you set the over under on career victories for Tiger Woods? I think ninety. I think ninety's the number. All right, ninety's the number. I'm going to take the over on that. I think he's Are got. You? Yeah, I think he's got nine left in him. Um, and and I'd love to see him creep up toward a hundred. 
but uh, you said something. Are we really still having this conversation about who the greatest ever is? I mean, I'm serious. I'm not trying to trash Jack Nicholas by any stretch of the imagination. But is there really a case to be made that Jack is the better player over the course of his career? I think Jack Nicholas would tell you no. Um, that Tiger is the greatest player to ever play for, for so many reasons. I mean, you look at the demographic aspect of it. You look at the earnings and the fact that these guys, Jack moves the needle, Arnie moves the needle, but Tiger took them into being millionaires uh, and in a hurry. And so there's so many reasons that I think Tiger's the greatest player ever. And, and you don't have to look too far. Um, now he's tied with Sam Sneeds for the most victories or tour wins all time. Uh, I mean, he won his first tour event in Las Vegas in 96 uh, and now won twice in 2019. I know this is a different season. I still can't figure out how they're doing that. But yeah, why anyway. are we playing golf in October? What, what, what are we doing? I love playing golf in October. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't know about y'all. Me, me too. But, it's uh, like perfect. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, this is like the between season, I guess, is what it is. It's, it's a way for guys to earn full status by the uh, first of the year. I, I don't know. I don't understand it. Well, I think like that, but. Tiger fans did themselves a disservice when you're talking about the Jack debate because it was so in the, you know, it was a done deal that he was going to pass Jack in majors. You know what I mean? So, I mean, right. in their eyes, they kind of created this monster in Jack, this number of 18, and he hasn't been able to pass it yet. So, in some ways, Tiger fans <clears throat> kind of dug their own grave in terms of that part of the debate. Interesting. It's kind of like, you know, I'm not going to have the LeBron Jordan thing. I, I knew you were going to say similar. this. But it's I think very it's, similar in my opinion. So, what you're, what, what you're saying is, is is throwing it out there and saying, well, you know, 18's the numbers, just like six would be for the number for Jordan. Had LeBron right. gotten six or seven by now, you you couldn't you couldn't have, you didn't have anything else to fall back on. I get what you're saying. That's interesting. And that's, that's a, you know analysis. if you look ahead and you look to the Masters, Tiger's the defending champion, and and then you wonder is he going to be the favorite? And I would say a week ago, no, because there was always that variable. Okay, is he going to be healthy? Is he going to be able to play? You could tell towards the end of of, of the season in 2019 he was he was struggling he wasn't the same guy that had won the tour championship last year and then won the masters the the subsequent spring and but i think now he's your favorite again and of course kepka and, and every all the pressure in the world is going to be on rory because he needs that to complete the career career grand slam but uh so, so it's going to be a captive you know augusta is always the best golf tournament i don't care who you are, if traditionalists, you say the Open, whatever. Augustus got the most drama. It's always the, it's the most exciting. It opens the season up, officially in my mind, anyway. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's exciting for golf. It certainly is going to make more people watch when he can be competitive. And the real question is, who does he pick for the President's Cup? And I don't think he goes any further than himself. Because he gets one more pick for the President's Cup. He is the captain. And I bet he got the captain's attention this past week. <laughs> well, let me ask you just a nerdy question, nerd golf question. You know, Chris and I were on the on the radio show last week, and somebody got a high ankle sprain in the NFL, and they had surgery on it. And we never heard of that. Do you think the technology and the surgeries that, you know, all these young golfers – 
it's nothing for them to go, oh, I just got to have this, you know, corrective surgery here or there. You think Jack would, would say, man, if I could have all these, you know, new technology surgeries to keep me healthy, like, all the time or most of the time, do you think he's in the back of his head, I, I could probably do even more than 18 or have as many yeah. wins as Sam Snead? Do you think that rattles around his head or is he, does he just know that? Baby, I don't better? know if, if Jack suffered much with injury. I know Sam Snead didn't. He was an incredibly flexible guy. It was a picture of him like at age 60 with his foot, one foot on the ground and the other foot up on a door jam. I mean, this guy <laughs> was unbelievable. And golfers were different then. You know, now they're so physically, they probably wear their bodies down a lot more now than they did. Um, going back 30 or 40 years uh, this it, is a different body and and more athletic physique and, and Tiger in particularly really put his body through uh, a lot of uh, stress he was training, he was doing like special forces training and things like that so um, I don't know but, but surgery has come a long way and you might be right, I'm sure some of them had some aches and pains that they would never have and a knife to in the past and now it's done with lasers and the recovery time is so much shorter and the success rate so much higher so it's a good point i just don't i think the golfers today are putting themselves through more stress than they did 40 or 50 years ago i, I think you're you're right on with that and it's sort of like baseball where you know for years and years and years up until probably the the mid 80s baseball players didn't lift weights and you know the thought was well if you you know, you, you lift those weights, you're going to tighten up, and then you're going to pull muscles. And now we see, you know, oblique injuries and rib cage injuries and pecs and things like that in baseball we never saw when, when guys like us were growing up because those guys just showed up and, you know, swung a bat and they yeah. had natural strength. Golfers the same way. The idea that, you know, 30 years ago, the idea that golfers would be cut up like Bruce Brooks Kapka <laughs> and, and yeah. you know, lifting weights on a regular basis I think was laughable. You know, yeah. that flew in the face of, of what we pictured in our mind as golfers. Um, I want to ask you about Roy McIlroy. And you said McIlroy coming up this year, it's a big year for him. It seems to me from what I read and I hear from Roy McIlroy as if his perspective on Tiger Woods has softened. And he had a tendency over the last couple of years to kind of be salty and short and and sort of just low-key nasty when he was questioned about Tiger Woods. And now every time he gets in front of a microphone, he just seems to gush. Am I reading too much into this Rory McIlroy thing or what? Well, I think, you know, Rory kind of came out of the gate and he was the next big thing. Um, and now he's starting to realize how difficult it is and yeah. so he probably garners more uh, respect for Tiger. And, it, and it's difficult for a multitude of reasons. First of all, competition's unreal. But secondly, when you get a bunch of money and a bunch of distractions, it's kind of harder to focus on what got you the success to start with. But Tiger has been able to do that uh, in various stretches throughout his career. Obviously, you know, through the late 90s and through, through uh, the – early 2000s it was just unreal you know what he was able to do and so i think maybe rory has matured and 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 understood um that it is very difficult to stay at the highest level for such a long time and then in addition to that 
you know, he probably looks at his bank account and realizes, you know, I, I couldn't have moved the needle like that. And no one else could have. Well, that and makes so me a little... They all me, have to be appreciative of them. That makes me a little concerned about you, Dave. Like, you've moved from being inland, and now you're <laughs> on the coast with a bunch of money, and I'm just concerned yeah. if you're going to be able to keep your focus. You know what I mean? What do you think, Chris? I hope so, Brandon. I, I hope I can keep my focus. That's right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Diamond Dave Kaplan. Dave, appreciate you hanging out with us for a little bit, man. Be good. And, uh, yeah. I got to come visit you at the beach. I don't, I don't know why I haven't gotten an invitation yet, but uh, I'll, I'll keep working on. on that. I'll be looking for it. Hey, look, we'll do it again around the President's Club, If I mean Cup, if not any sooner. That's in December. All right, man. Sounds good. We'll take you up on that. Um, I'm sure you'll have astute analysis prepared for us. Ladies and gentlemen, Diamond Dave right. Kaplan. Peace, brother. See you, bro. All right. See you. Bye. All right. Uh, dude, I haven't talked to Dave in a sports capacity in a very long time. That was that was cool. Yeah. You know, it was always fun to have Dave in, even if it was just to rib him over his, you know, sport coats and, you know, tie combinations and whatever. But now, anyway. Byron Buckles has it. Yeah, Byron the, Buckles is the undisputed. There was a question there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats in Sanford, North Carolina. We appreciate you hanging out. We got about 45 minutes to go. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Well, not all realtors are the same. I'm Crystal Copas, and I don't just stick a sign in the yard, throw it in the MLS, and hope to collect a commission. I provide a customized marketing plan that includes professional staging, photography, videography, and drone at no cost to you. Contact me, Crystal Copas, with REMAX Real Estate Service, and let's get your house sold. 919-356-5402 or visit me at crystalcopas.com. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak or walk. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. Head to toe, everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. So why do teenagers play high school sports? My reason why is a sense of purpose. My reason why is to inspire others. One reason student-athletes seldom mention is to get an athletic scholarship. They know that only 2% of all high school athletes are awarded a sports scholarship. So why do they play? My reason why is friendship. Tell us your reason using the hashtag MyReasonWhy. This message presented by the NFHS and the North Carolina High School Athletic Association. Did you know there is a place right here in downtown Sanford that utilizes fresh, organic, and sustainable foods from our area's vast farming community? It's Cooper's Restaurant and Wine Room, located at 133 South Steel Street in historic downtown Sanford. I'm Executive Chef Brian Moser. Come join us Tuesday through Saturday from 5 to 10 to experience an ever-evolving, locally sourced menu featuring the area's best farmers paired with the locally brewed beers and some of the world's best wine. Make your reservations now on the Open Table app and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. 
Have you mixed your pain meds, your sleep meds, your allergy meds? Call the Poison Helpline. Has your child eaten a tube of toothpaste, a chip of paint, a wild mushroom? Call the Poison Helpline. Have you been bitten by a spider, a snake, an insect? Call the Poison Helpline. Poisonings can happen at the home, on the job, or in the great outdoors. Call the Poison Helpline first for fast, free advice from medical professionals. Call 1-800-222-1222 anytime, anywhere. 1-800-222-1222. Save the number, save a life. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Joel Klein catches a 7 o'clock train after his evening CPR class at the American Red Cross. Ron Garrett is on the same train. He's had a rough day and doesn't feel like himself. Until he feels the sudden tightness in his chest, Ron never thought he'd actually have a heart attack. Until Joel is administering CPR, he never thought he'd actually save a life. When you train with the Red Cross, you change a life. Starting with your own. Call 1-800-RED-CROSS or visit redcross.org to learn about life-changing opportunities in your area. Tweens have mastered the art of tuning out. Jen, there's a spider in the car. We're turning your room into a home gym. See? Nothing. But some messages need to get through. Like making sure they're buckled up the whole ride, every time. Do whatever it takes to make your child listen. Jen, I friended your boyfriend. Wait, what? Buckle up, sweetie. Never give up until they buckle up. Learn more at safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back from the Cheap Seats. Kristen Lambert, Brandon Atkins. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. So, Brandon. Yes? Interesting things afoot in college football this weekend. Um, So, LSU vaulted up into the top spot. There's virtually nothing separating LSU, Ohio State, Alabama right now. The interesting part to that, for me is that Clemson is in the four spot. And, you know, as much as we talk about the eye test and, you know, talent, the margin of error for Clemson right now as we sit here today is probably close to zero. Because every time I look at this schedule, I try to, like, make excuses for Clemson. This schedule's awful. I mean, we talked about this a couple years ago with Alabama and how Alabama really, you know, the SEC's overrated, blah, 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 blah. This Clemson schedule is atrocious, and they're not getting any respect. Are we doing that at our own peril? Are we just making them angry and setting the stage for Clemson to come through in the postseason and just wipe the floor with everybody? Yeah, I mean... I guess I'll answer that with another question. <clears throat> Did something change with the voters? Or has this... What I mean by that is we've never seen since the playoff so much movement no. in the top four. So in terms of the criteria, did something change? Or has the criteria always always been there and not needed to be used? Because based on strength of schedule, people are... Like LSU moves ahead. And LSU, like... Right now, if they win out, they deserve to be the number one team in the country because their schedule is 
<laughs> scary. Well, right. when you look at them relative to everybody else, and the fact that over the last three weeks, you know, they handled Florida, they beat Mississippi State soundly, and then they beat Auburn in a game 23-20 that really wasn't as close as that. LSU, whether or not they're legit, we're going to find that out in two weeks because you've got the game of the year up to this point, LSU-Alabama, those two undefeated do behemoths. We, do we just need to get crown whoever wins that game? I don't know that we need to crown them because as quickly as I say Clemson's the best team in the country, I've been trying to make excuses as to why Ohio State's not in that group. And to my own peril, I'm getting texts from family members and friends who are like, why do you keep saying Ohio State's not one of the best couple of teams in the country? Oh, they're mad. They're mad. <laughs> Dude. That Ohio State squad is for real. And I said on Saturday afternoon, I talked to a couple of people and said, okay, the refrain from the national talking heads is going to be now, Chase Young ought to be in the Heisman uh, the Heisman picture. Now, let me, let me preface that by saying it's not going to happen. No defensive end is going to win. No defensive lineman, really no defensive player. Charles Woodson did it a million years ago. But no defender is going to get serious consideration for the Heisman. But we talked earlier in the opening about Joey Bosa and Nick Bosa coming out of Ohio State, both of whom Nick are playing. Nasty. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's nasty. And, and Joey's people- nasty. I mean, he's playing at a, a Pro Bowl level. Nick Bosa's playing at a potential MVP level. Let me tell everybody out there in the world something. Chase Young is better than either of those guys. And Nick Bosa last year, there was all the hoopla with him leaving school early to get get prepared after the injury, all of that. Chase Young was a better player last year when Nick Bosa was on the field than Nick Bosa was. And Chase Young is even better this year. Chase Young is indisputably the best defensive lineman in college football right now and maybe the best player in college football. He's not going to win the Heisman. But the impact he had on that Wisconsin game, he just took it over. And I said about a particular player during my telecast on Friday, he took that play, ripped it into eight pieces, threw it on the ground, and set it on fire. That's what this guy's doing on a regular basis. He's unstoppable. I'm going to ask kind of a uh, tongue-in-cheek question to you, Chris. Do you think in some ways thumping Wisconsin hurt Ohio State? (laughs) Because now you are doomed to probably play – Minnesota in the championship game, and what is that going to do for you? I almost feel like y'all should – you know how some teams let people score touchdowns? Y'all should have let – just taken the L so there's a chance that Wisconsin would surpass Minnesota and then you could catch them again in the championship game. What do you think about that? uh, Minnesota is (laughs) is not doing the Big Ten any favors. And because I think it's inevitable that – this thing is going to blow up out of Minnesota. And if it doesn't blow up before they've done just enough to get into the championship game, it's going to be a bad out. Now, if Minnesota wins out, that's a completely different animal. Right. Um, but this whole thing is just kind of hokey right now with regard to the Big Ten. Minnesota's the team that, you know, one of these kids is not like the other. Yeah. Um, you know, they come, they're, they're at 8-0 at this point. And Minnesota, nobody saw this coming. So next week, their game with Penn State 
has gigantic implications in the Big Ten. And then they've still got Iowa on their schedule. They've still got Wisconsin. So this thing could play out. And if, you know, if Minnesota continues to do their thing, they're going to have earned their way in. If it falls apart, we're going to look back and remember, oh, well, remember when Minnesota was something. You know, they crept up to 13 in the national polls. P.J. Fleck, if you're a Minnesota Gopher fan, enjoy him while you have him because he ain't going to be there long. So if Minnesota ends up beating Ohio State in the championship game, are you going <laughs> to just go away somewhere for yes. a month? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I'm just not – you're going to just disappear. 100%. You're going to start jogging – like Tom Hanks. Yeah, the team that's going to decide the Big Ten championship is Penn State. You know, Penn State's the team that nobody's talking about. They're up to five, and they're they're sort of there in the catbird seat because you know these SEC teams that are at the top of the polls, it's going to take care of itself to a certain extent. Right. And, you know, the question now with Oklahoma stubbing their toe, that Oklahoma loss turned everything on its ear because Oklahoma, you could have just gone ahead and penciled them in. Right. They were going to run the table. They were going to be there at the end of the year. Now you look at it, and not only does Oklahoma lose in a game where they just decided not to play any defense, but Texas loses to TCU. So the one thing that Oklahoma could sort of hang their hat on is beating Texas at least once, maybe twice. Now that doesn't mean a whole lot well, we because Texas that, can't get past TCU. That Oklahoma loss might save Clemson. Let me drop a scenario on you. Like, you see Alabama's about to play LSU, right? I could potentially see a one-loss LSU or a one-loss Alabama inching ahead of Clemson prior to the end of the season. Can you? Are you following me there? I absolutely could happen. And then you have Ohio State firmly in there. You have Penn State knocking on the door. You could see Clemson move out to the fifth spot being undefeated. But the, just judging it based on how they've ranked the team so far. It's going to be tough. Alabama did it without getting into the championship game. I think we've seen that. I don't think we're going to see it again. So I honestly believe that this LSU-Alabama thing is going to sort itself out. The team that's out there lurking that could get in – from sort of the outside looking in at this point is Georgia. I mean, Georgia at this point has Florida and Auburn left on their schedule. If they beat both of those teams and get into the SEC championship, I could see them beating LSU or Alabama and either either one of those two teams getting in. You could make a case if Georgia loses that game, but it's tough because then you're talking about a two-loss team. So the SEC's got a lot going for it in terms of these teams still being alive. And I think what's happening this year is good for college football. We just got into a place, a dark place over the last couple of years where everybody just went ahead and knew well, it's Clemson and Alabama. And we tried to come up with creative arguments for Georgia and Ohio State and Oklahoma. But in the end, there was nothing going to keep Clemson and Alabama out of the, out of the national playoff um, championship game. Out of well, out of the playoffs themselves because well, they could have lost in the semis, but nothing was going to keep them out of the playoffs. And we just sort of assumed that you know the winner of their game, whether it was in the semis or the final, was going to be your national champ. Well, up until this year, there's if let's say everything. Obviously, Alabama or LSU's got to drop one, but that's not a bad loss either way, right? I mean, so 
if every if everything plays out the way I think it's going to play out, Ohio State, Clemson go undefeated. You're going to have a one loss, Alabama or LSU, one of those two, and you got Penn State creeping in. That's a crowded field. In years past, whether it be Ohio State, which sometimes it hurt, they didn't make the playoff. But you could make there was some damaging reasons why they didn't. Yes. But I mean, this could be a scenario where there's no damaging reasons why somebody's left out, which makes me feel like, and agree. I was listening to Tim Brando last week. We're going to quickly go to eight. Eight. And you players. have to. I mean, let's assume for a second that Alabama LSU that the loser of that game doesn't lose another game the rest of the the rest of the season and the loser of the Penn State Ohio State game doesn't lose another game the rest of the season so you have undefeated conference champions and then you have one loss teams in those conferences whose only loss was to the conference champ it, it the whole thing is ludicrous right you, you've got to expand to eight or you have to put a hard cap in there and say you know what conferences only your conference champ is eligible to get in. Well, then that's when they go, well, you're going to have to take Alabama's off the board. Their chip. Did they win it that year? They, they did. And and that's the, you know, that's the whole take thing. Take their with banner it. down. Well, you're not, I mean, you, you don't go back and, and revise history. But I'm, either I'm, the conference. I, no, no, I get, I get what you're saying. But either the conference championship matters or it doesn't. And that's where we're at with that. So it, that's the NCAA's options at this point. Either say only conference champs get to be eligible for the national championship playoff, or we're going to take the best eight teams, but this four is just not going to work. And we're at a point right now, we can look at the Pac-12 and say, there's no Pac-12 team getting in. Right. How th- That's not cool. And this, now this, we can we probably still- look at the Big 12 and say, eh, Big 12's done. And you got five games left this season. I know. (laughs) So as good as the argument about Ohio State, LSU, Alabama is for college football because college football is a regional sport. And when only two little tiny regions of the country matter, those they're in that pocket of South Carolina and Alabama – it's not good for the sport. Now you're stretching it back out. Yeah, it gets it gets it makes it more fun too. I would rather. I'm not a UCF fan. They lost early this year, but they're always knocking on the door. You expand to eight, then you solve that problem as well. You quiet that fan base down, and I'd like to see one of these smaller schools get into. I mean, just oh, who? Of, I mean, who, like, how cool look, was it when Boise State beat Oklahoma? Yeah, I mean, it was super cool. And the thing about it is, what other sport? Is there out there where you know if you're at school X Y Z, you're not you have zero chance of winning a national championship. Like if you're uh, undefeated UCF, you have a zero chance of winning a national championship. That's not a good way to start a season. No, not at all. Um, so that all said, I think we're on the same sheet of music. The NCA, you've got two options here: either go to eight, or your conference champs are the only ones that are eligible, and that would sort itself out. Now, all of that said. There was a big happening in North Carolina this weekend as UNC hosted Duke, and we had talked about what possible you know, measurements there were for success in Mac Brown's first year back at UNC on an inexplicably bad play call with 14 seconds left. Duke turns the ball over at the UNC two-yard line, UNC holds on to win at home against Duke. I think Mac Brown put one big gigantic stamp on this season. He's got one more. And you said weeks ago, 
eight wins is the measure of success for UNC this year. I think with what UNC's done with their victories, with Miami, South Carolina, and now Duke, I don't think eight matters. I think if they're able to win in season one with the lack of talent Mac Brown inherited, if they're able to beat Duke and NC State in the same season, I think you can look back and say you're one of the Mac Brown 2.0 experiment is a success. What say you? Well, they have four wins, so they got to basically win out. I think that's exactly right. I think they have four more games left. So um, I agree with you. You were talking about it a little bit. Um, you called me and you were talking about the game. I agree that you know if if they were to win the coastal, which they still have a chance to do, that would be an awesome feat. I think eight was a little high, but you know I knew more than a lot of people knew. I could see the feeds of him bringing in these three stars, and he's great at get, getting athletes in short amount of time and learning. I mean, look at this change with Surratt. I mean, it's a stroke of genius. You know, the guy like ends the game, and he's been one of their best defensive players. Um, you know, moving away from quarterback. But I agree with you. I, I don't. I don't measure the, the level of their success by eight wins, but they can certainly still do it. And, and you know, around seven or eight, I think it's a success, successful season. On the flip side of that, and I'm not going to take credit for this, but you brought something up that I don't think anybody's thinking about is how much time talking about this Duke Carolina game. How much time does Cutcliffe? have with the Duke Blue Devils with these new facilities you brought it up so what are your thoughts about that you know all right so here's the situation because it's been a love story it has been a love story and Cutcliffe is in season 12 at Duke and Duke is a program that has a rich football history that everybody's forgotten about from back in the day in contemporary history we look at Duke and they've been bad David Cutcliffe brought a level of notoriety and experience to Duke that they hadn't seen in a very, very long time. And since he's been there, he sort of put Duke back on the map. And in the midst of his run, the university went and and put $100 million into Wallace Wade Stadium and built the tower with new skyboxes, press boxes. It's a beautiful facility. And Cutcliffe, when you look back the numbers will boggle your mind because you think, yeah, Cutcliffe's been successful at Duke. Cutcliffe, since he's been at Duke in 12 years, this loss drops him to 33-60 and 60 in ACC play. I want, you, I want that to sink in. He's only won about a third of his conference games at Duke. And really, when you think back, you know, you and I were talking about it. And you're like, yeah, well, you get a conference, you know, you get a division contender once every couple of years. That's not what you get. Cutcliffe had the 2013 season when he when he took Duke to 10 wins for the first time in forever. And followed that up with a nine-win season in 2014. Other than that, it's been a train wreck. Well, and I made the point, it has been bad. And what you, you you when you said twelve seasons with Cutcliffe, I'm like that's not right. But it's been twelve seasons, and that's a long time for a coach to be, you know, mediocre at an ACC. You know, with a brand name like Duke, that's not good. And all the weapons, the toolbox that he had, he had Peyton Manning coming to practice. He had Eli Manning. The Mannings coming to town. You know, to a lot of these kids, Eli Manning is a punchline right now. You know what I mean? They don't remember the 
two champion uh, Super Bowls against New England. That doesn't register with them anymore. So the cool factor of the Mannings, are it's gone, really. And so then you're left with Cutcliffe in the year 12, and he's not getting it done. Like, you know, he he is his worst enemy because he, he pushed those expectations up from, you know, two, three, one uh, win game uh, season wins, um, seasons. So he's basically put the bar up, and now he's not exceeding his own bar that he's. Well, I up. think the bar has just been sort of, sort of overstated. Um, you know, this is a guy twelve years at Duke, only two winning records in conference during that entire run, and you're sort of anybody I mean, else is fired. right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're looking back now, and you're like, man, was it really 2013 the last time they won their division? Because it seems like just yesterday that Duke was a viable thing. You had a top ten quarterback. And, and whether Daniel Jones was overdrafted or not is, you know, neither here nor there. But in the three seasons, or in the two seasons he was at Duke, you're 6-10 and 10 in conference. C- come on, man. And then You've you got-, got to be able to do more than this. And, and my question, and, and I'm sure I'll hear from some folks outside the show on this, maybe it's time. And, and you look at Cutcliffe. When Mac Brown was hired, the one thing people said, oh, my God, he's so old. Guess what? He's only three years older than David Cutcliffe. And you just mentioned him. Mac Brown's Cutcliffe's worst nightmare coming oh, back into the state. Beyond any shadow because of a doubt. Mac has already shown it. Even here in Lee County, he can just stroll in here and get the best talent in in North Carolina. And Cutcliffe, and you Cutcliffe know, has been here for 12 years and hasn't been able to really scratch Yeah, the when you look at Cutcliffe, I mean, you're looking at a guy – you know, he's older, he's funny, he's soft-spoken, you know, he's got this pedigree. You, his goes back to his ties with Tennessee and Peyton Manning and Eli Manning and, and that being able to sort of tell those stories. Well, now you got another old guy who's well-spoken, friendly, funny, got even greater pedigree because he's got a national championship ring. He's got the Vince Youngs. He's got, the, you know, a million players he's put into the NFL and he's at the even bigger school in North Carolina. What do you do if you're Cutcliffe? Maybe it's time. All those times that he's been rumored as a possible candidate someplace else, maybe it's time. I think he's going to ride off into the sunset. And I do think that Duke owes him the ability to kind of leave on his own terms. Sure. But yeah. I think what you're going to see at Duke is that temperature turned up a little bit. You can't drop $100 million into your facility and not get some kind of return on the investment. I think that the Cutcliffe clock started ticking, and it's a shame because I think this one play call, that little pop pass from the running back at the goal line, that's the type thing that you relate it back to. That's the play that people are going to remember. In North Carolina football lore in the last few years, You know, the play is the Giovanni Bernard punt return against NC State. Right. This, I think, is going to be that pivotal moment, and it's going to be one that you see on highlights for a million years. Everybody's going to say, I was there at the game you know, with the jump pass that failed, and I think Cutcliffe's reaction in the aftermath and the cutaway of him on the sideline looking sort of incredulous, I think, is what's going to be I think that the play, beginning of the end. I think that play was Fonzie jumping the shark. I think that one play is the exact <laughs> same thing. Well, you know, it's like, oh, uh, you know, it's one thing to like lose the game straight up, and you know, we probably have to give you at least another year. But when you pull this kind of play, and it's just a clown show, 
play. And if it works, I mean, the thing is all over. It's national highlight. But the play, when you look in the context of what was going on in the game with the time, it didn't make any sense. Right. I mean, if you're at fourth down with the clock stopped and it's the last play of the game, maybe you do that. But the play, I don't know what they were looking for. It, it's just a horrible look. And maybe this is the beginning of the David Cutcliffe swan song. You seem to agree. I'll be interested to hear from you know, some of our avid listeners as to where they're at with that. When we come back, we have to talk about the World Series because I'm oh, certain there is a conspiracy afoot. We'll talk about it in a minute. And need to touch the Golden State Warriors. Oh, God. your home and don't know which realtor to choose? Well, not all realtors are the same. I'm Crystal Copas, and I don't just stick a sign in the yard, throw it in the MLS, and hope to collect a commission. I provide a customized marketing plan that includes professional staging, photography, videography, and drone at no cost to you. Contact me, Crystal Copas, with REMAX Real Estate Service, and let's get your house sold. 919-356-5402 or visit me at crystalcopas.com. When young men turn 18, they think they know a lot about the facts of life. But there are a few more facts they need to know. Fact, you have to register with Selective Service when you turn 18. It's the law. Fact, registration keeps you eligible for government jobs and student loans. Fact, it's easy to register. Just visit sss.gov or any post office. Register with Selective Service when you turn 18. It's the law. And that's a fact. Did you know there is a place right here in downtown Sanford that utilizes fresh, organic, and sustainable foods from our area's vast farming community? It's Cooper's Restaurant and Wine Room, located at 133 South Steel Street in historic downtown Sanford. I'm Executive Chef Brian Moser. Come join us Tuesday through Saturday from 5 to 10 to experience an ever-evolving, locally-sourced menu featuring the area's best farmers paired with the locally brewed beers and some of the world's best wine. Make your reservations now on the Open Table app and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We all come together and stand together to serve our veterans. We invest in the latest technology. We take the time to train the next generation of doctors and nurses. We work together to make sure we heal their bodies and their minds. This is our mission. More than 300,000 of us working as one, together with families and loved ones. No matter where they live in this country, we'll be there. We stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans. We are there, day one, with baby names and a gift that lasts a lifetime. We are there, as you grow, protecting you and those you love. And we are there, as you start your next chapter. We are with you through life's journey. We are Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Get to know us at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. All 
All right, welcome back to From the Cheap Seas. Final segment coming up. I like and, how you led that role. You always let yeah, that one roll man, just a little I can't, bit can't, I can't help myself. So, you know, it looked like Washington might shock the world and and get past the Astros in the World Series. Um, now, all of a sudden, doesn't look as likely. The Astros down 0-2 have come back 1-3 straight. A decisive win last night, 7-1. And the big story for me is Max Scherzer, probably the best pitcher in the world right now. Um, For now. A scratch Saturday, had back spasms, got a cortisone shot, missed his start, and they've already laid the groundwork. Um, or Well, they immediately laid the groundwork and said, well, he's not going to be able to go for a couple of days. He, the shot apparently was going to take 48 hours. So what you've got now is Tuesday's matchup, Steven Strasburg, Justin Verlander, in game six, the Nats need a win to stay alive. Now, Verlander has been a horse for years now. Really hasn't pitched that well in the postseason. The Nats already got to him once. Steven Strasburg, on the other hand, is living up to all of the hype from years ago right now is probably the best pitcher in the postseason. Major League Baseball, more than anything, needs a Game 7. They need the Nationals to win on Tuesday night and get to a Game 7, in which case Scherzer has to pitch, doesn't he? Sure. I mean, if he comes out there and and can't, it's just a, uh, just a punch in the face to everybody that's paying attention. Not that everybody's paying attention to the World Series. I cannot get excited about the Houston Astros looking at another World Series title just because they tanked for so long. And that seems to be the recipe for success for small market clubs or small-ish. I'd say Houston small market. Um, like, uh, but in terms of the New Yorks and L.A.'s... It's the Marlins 2019, right? Yeah, sort of. Um, I just can't get excited about this. In the middle of all this, we've stopped talking about the extra hard baseballs and the thing that stood out to me as I watched last night's game with the baseballs is not even the way the balls travel off the bat I mean home runs every team in Major League Baseball it seemed like broke their franchise record for home runs in a in a season the game's not fun to watch to me but I watched Garrett Cole of the Astros last night and watched the movement he's getting on the baseball and I attribute that to the the hardness of the ball as well that fastball the way it backs up that's just not natural the way it it does but my question to you brandon if this goes because i know you're not gonna watch tuesday night if this goes to a game seven are you gonna watch the game uh yes i will i'll watch tuesday too i will i'll be 100 honest i have not watched one second of live playoff baseball not one second not one second not even on accident not even flipping channels. Wow. I actually know how to enjoy to avoid them by by flipping the channels. I actually on purpose avoid going to there, so I don't. I'm just kidding. But you know the cool October weather that always triggers me to want to watch um, playoff baseball, but it hasn't worked this year. <laughs> I just haven't. I haven't had any urge. I don't know if it's because you don't have any of the major market teams in. I don't know if it's what you said, which is you know the Astros basically tanking in order to get this lineup. It's just not. It has not. But basketball coming back kind of killed it. 
the NBA come, coming back and the NFL competing in college football, why on earth would I want to not watch one of those items and watch baseball? I don't know. It's, but I will say, I don't mean to knock on baseball, but they have to figure something out because I was a fan, and if they lost me as a fan, there's got to be others like me. There, there's millions and millions and millions like you. The game's not fun to watch anymore. Um, that's just where we're at, and the, you know this hard baseball that d- it doesn't re- isn't really a thing. It just sort of happened, according to Rob Manfred, the commissioner. Nonsense. They thought the home runs are sexy. You know, we'll 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 put this hard baseball out there, dude. Fix the ball. Just fix the freaking ball. I don't need to see 165 pound guys hitting balls 400 400 feet. It just doesn't make any sense. It's not fun. Um, it's unwatchable, and the World Series is just sort of the culmination. And meanwhile, I almost feel like the NBA is trolling Major League Baseball. They opened their season this week without any hoopla, just sort of rolled in and were like, we're back, y'all. <laughs> and you know what? I'm riveted with all of the movement in the offseason, all of these new dynamic duos across the league. Um, the highlight last week for me was watching the opener – with Golden State hosting the L.A. Clippers as Golden State opened their new palatial digs. And the Clippers ran them out of the gym. What I know you didn't see, because Trent and I were going back and forth a little bit in our group chat, at halftime of that game, Clay Thompson came up into the booth with Charles Barkley and it. crew. I didn't see it. Oh, my God. And, you know, Clay Thompson was there, and they asked him what he saw, and he, I'm excited about these young guys. You know, they're stepping up. They're doing their thing. And Charles said, well, before the season, I picked you guys as a seven or eight seed in the West. Y'all ain't going to make the playoffs. <laughs> and to see Clay Thompson freeze, like what just happened is he playing, and he wasn't playing, and Charles doubled down on it and said, you got Steph that's going to get you 30 a night. D'Angelo Russell's going to get you 20 a night. Nobody else can score. And then to watch the rest of the game unfold and the Clippers to ultimately beat them by 19. They put up 140 points on the Warriors. Mm. And that game wasn't that close. I mean, it was a 40-point blowout for all intents and purposes before the Clippers cleared the bench. Golden State is not good. And well, Clay is is pretty much said he's not coming back this season. He's going he's gonna to get well. The Warriors, man... Well, and Adam Silver needs to to learn from what baseball's mistakes have been. And watching baseball, I think you'll agree, it's just basically basically glorified batting practice now. Correct? Yeah. Like that's all it is. You had need to look at this three point phenomenon I, going on I right now. I agree with you a hundred percent. It's the same thing. The three pointer. Oh, people love the three pointer. Something's got to give. What are the, what's the answer? How do you roll that back? I need to think about it. I don't know exactly. I mean, I think that didn't they last year? It might have been the NCAA. They moved the line back like an inch. Like that's going to help. I don't know how far back it was, but your my point is is that you know you got guys launching it from four feet beyond the, yes. the three point line now, and they're making it. Which you know I think when Steph Curry started doing it, you and I both thought. Wow, that, that's, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Now it's a copycat league. Everybody's trying to hoist up from beyond the three-point land. But, Brandon, like, it's, not even a, it's not even that it's a copycat league. We grew up in a generation where if you wanted to get people's attention, you took the ball to the 10. 
Right. You know, that was the highlight, was people getting dunked on, you know, finishing at the rim, and then it became these guys throwing the ball up, and the, the range has just gotten deeper and deeper and deeper. And it's not just what's going on in the NBA. It's what's going on at middle schools mm-hmm. is, you know, you've got offenses that are predicated on five guys ringing the three-point line, and we're going to move the ball until we get an open look for one of our one or two legit shooters. I agree with you. I think we've got to get back, and as much as it – it makes me crazy to say this. We got to get back to a little bit more ISO ball where guys are locking up man on man. Let me see if I can get to the rim because this, you know, shooting off one foot, three pointers being hoisted has kind of played at this point. You know, the the value of the three pointer was that it was a low percentage shot, so you should be rewarded for it. When you've got guys that are legitimately shooting a higher percentage from three point land than they are their twos. You shouldn't be rewarded for that anymore. Plus, it's so much easier to get a look from three than it is from two. They've got challenges. In the short term, though, I think that the NBA is a much more compelling product. The Golden State Warriors have a problem. They got blown out at home by L.A. Then they roll out to Oklahoma City and get beat even worse (laughs) by an undermanned Thunder team. Golden State has problems and it's going to be interesting to see how quickly they can sort of right the ship. I don't think this is a lottery team this year. I, when, I, when I say lottery team, I don't think it's a top five, top six in the lottery type squad. But them being in the doldrums, being down there at the top of the lottery, just missing the playoffs, is probably where they're headed. And a couple of years of well, that, you know what that can do to a franchise. And how predictable was it? We were talking about when we first started the show, how long has it been? Three years. Three years. We were like... So this is going to happen. They're going to lose this player. They're not going to be able to pay this player, and then they're going to go back to earth. And that's exactly what's happened. I mean, it's super predictable, and it kind of, in my opinion, devalues the championships because they got they well they got a little lucky in their draft. So and and then you sign you're already the best team in in the um, NBA, and then you sign Kevin Durant, arguably arguably the second best player in the NBA or the world. And it seems to cheapen the championship that they, the championships that they got for me, because you're already the best team. You need to bring this other guy in, and now they're they're te- they're just getting swept out of a gym. I don't I don't know that it devalues it for me, but it may accelerate the rate at which we forget how great Golden State was. The run that they went on over the last six years is is historic. It, it, there's no other word for it. When Clay Thompson comes back, I think this team is a very good team. But to pretend that they weren't going to miss a beat and that Durant was going to roll out, that nonsense. Now, I do think that the Draymond Green extension they just signed, I think that's going to come back to haunt them. I agree. But we'll see how it He's already negative out. on the season, too. Now, in, in, in a little bit closer to us, I, I went out of my way to watch Charlotte play the Lakers. And I need to – I need to. we got about 90 seconds left. Did you see LeBron's hair fall out? No. It really happened. Um, I'll show you video of it no. when we get off the air. LeBron James in a game, the hair piece thing that he's wearing started to like disintegrate no. and fall out. Shave your head, dude. And to see Anthony Davis pointing it out to him and laughing as it was happening <laughs> is rich. But, yeah, oh dude, th- your hairline can't magically come back every season. We're not fooled. Nobody's tricked. It's not a question of manhood. Just shave your head, And it's guy. only a matter of time, like, 
for somebody to snatch it off. Too. Right. You know it, what I mean? I, like, it's, it, it, it's amazing how bad this thing is. But the Charlotte Hornets, I thought they might not win 15 games. I'm convinced they'll win 20 or 25. They won't get to 30. The Hornets, I got to give them credit, though. Finally, they've decided to commit to the young guys. You've got as young a group out there as you do just about any place else in the NBA. Dwayne Bacon getting good minutes now. Miles Bridges is starting. For whatever reason, the Hornets finally decided it's okay to start a rookie. P.J. Washington's actually starting. They've made the right move. That Terry Rozier contract, however, is ridiculous. And Rozier, if I hear him say one more time, oh, people comparing me to Kimball Walker, I'm going to punch something. You're not Kimball Walker. You're not even close. You're not even Kimball Walker what Kimball Walker was five or six years ago. You're but, not even LeBron's hairpiece. No, you're not. All right, we'll see you next week. This is from the Cheap Seas. Chris Lambert, Brandon Atkins, coming to you from WFJ 105.5 FM. Um, and around the world as a podcast, we appreciate you hanging out. Peace. Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio.